In April 2020, just as the global pandemic was kicking off, Lawrence and I started recording our weekly Friday Firesides. These are conversations broadcast live over the Crowdcast platform and joined by people all over the world who listen in and share their thoughts with us via the chat. We started these live recordings as an opportunity to keep in touch with our members, as well as process what it meant to run a business during a pandemic. Since then, we've broadcast nearly every single Friday and built up a library of over 100 episodes. We cover a range of different topics from money to meaning, pricing to purpose, vision to vulnerability, entrepreneurship to empathy, and product design to life design. This is our perspective of what it means to do business from the inside out, as well as the outside in. If you're a business hippie just like us, then you'll definitely find something of value here. We hope that these conversations inspire and motivate you to do work and build businesses that create meaningful change without burning out. Because like us, you're just wanting to make money, do good and be happy. We are international today, just, you know, with mm. Lawrence's in Salt Dean. I'm in Hove. <laughs> and we have Gaia, who is in... I'm in Fano, Italy. Fano. Where's the nearest big city to Fano? It's um, probably the most well-known is Bologna. I love Bologna. Oh, Bologna. oh my God. So before we, we explore a bit more uh, about this thing about uh, being me, it would be useful, I think, to just give people a bit of an insight into your work i'm a creative at heart uh, and i find for me therapy is a creative endeavor i don't know if other people think of it that way but i quite like to think of it that way it is really about finding ways to support people to express themselves and for me if 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 the therapist is not a creative person that doesn't really work but i did start my life as a creative i used to work in advertising as a creative and that's where I actually met my partner, with whom then we set up a holistic business. And yeah. I mean, so, although it was really great fun, I, I, I kind of knew it wasn't going to be my call forever. So I'm also a career changer. <laughs> I completely changed life. And I had an interest forever in psychology and self-development and holistic stuff which I already had started developing while I was in advertising. And then um, I got to a stage where I was trained enough to actually start working as a um, holistic practitioner. And I did so and added training to that. And then with my partner, we left uh, England and moved to Italy and we set up a big holistic center, uh, which was called The Hill That Breathes. And we basically started hosting uh, running and then hosting loads and loads of um, personal development work. And then we came up with this idea on which we, with which we worked for years, which is our Fakit uh, work, Fakit, Fakit, the ultimate spiritual way. Which well, sounds good in Italian accent. Does it? <laughs> I, I actually yeah, I read so. that book for the first time in the Alps, Altitude. So, yeah, so the whole thing is really about the whole Fakit thing really took off. And then we spent a lot of time supporting people, saying Fakit and feeling you know, what's important and what's not. And from there, I started developing uh, some other work. Uh, I am, I've trained for years as a trauma therapist, trauma, but trauma like the childhood patterns-based stuff that stays with us for a long time. 
and um, I develop my own work based on different, I have various trainings, both kind of body-based and mind-based and psychological-based, and I put them together and uh, spiritual, uh, but all through the, the, the finding of the true self. So I put together my own work um, that I offer people, I train people in, which is called Being Me Therapy, and it's really about discovering um, that some of the stuff we thought it was us, it's not really. <laughs> and it can be a really pleasant discovery, it can be a little scary discovery, or both, mm -hmm. usually both at the same time. And how then, you know, once you have the inquiry, how to go around it, how to really start discerning uh, what's what. So the first thing I wanted to maybe just talk about in terms of setting the scene, there's this, there's this process of, the being me therapy um and it sounds surprising and scary what have you seen as an outcome that's generated for people um or the that you've discovered that you really enjoyed seeing happen for people when they do this work i mean there's many things but the first that comes for me is the widening uh we tend to make the trucks narrower because of the way we love to survive. And so, like, I do this, I'm this, this is how I feel safe. And sometimes it gets narrower and narrower as we carry on with life, and we tend to get more unhappy <laughs> the more narrower it gets. And with this work, I see people doing that, basically. Mm. So the, the, the definitions get looser, the curiosity gets higher, people get more curious, they don't get stuck with what you know, this kind of defensive and protective thing that we all have, and it's natural that we have it. Uh, so actually people get a lot more creative and they get they, they get a sense of what feels right. So I find that that's, that brings courage. So it's not a courage like, <clears throat> but it's a courage that comes from the heart, you know, being in our hearts. That's why I really love that people become more expressive and more creative and more wide because they have a much, this is really about the relationship with ourselves, a much clearer relationship with themselves and their hearts and their desires. I, I love the idea, the the widening, the the I just the, the expanse of a horizon springs to mind, and just to be able to just see it like a whole vista that's open to us, as opposed to, like you said, the train tracks. And I think it's particularly interesting for our work because we are trying to get people to be a bit more creative with the way they work and a bit more open to different ways of of looking at this journey of work and life. Yeah. And we do hit roadblocks occasionally while because while we can share approaches and techniques and, and methodologies for creating businesses and thinking about money or just thinking about even how we talk about ourselves and promote ourselves. Yeah, that that doesn't help when people aren't able to just be playful and creative with it. Well, I was actually curious with Gaia, what you see with the people around them? Because I think we found this when someone has an experience where they expand, you know, it sounds like you're talking about expanse and it's more expansive experience of life. How yeah. the people around them respond to that if they're happy with them on that little single track. Yeah, that's that's the process that comes after <laughs> people expand. <laughs> That's the, that's the upgrade. That's the next uh, yeah, 
It is really interesting to watch, you know, when people, I call it the R moment, when, when these things, these layers of adaptation go, let's say in a session, and they land, they can, it's like an awakening, it's like, ooh, okay, that's how I feel, for real. <laughs> and then it's like people landing themselves and literally, actually, energetically, but there is really a sense of expansion and people can see more sharply, they get clear about what they feel, what they want and all of that. Round two often is then how it is in the environment. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because what's also interesting is we train others in our own adaptive mechanisms. So, for example, one is the helper, which is people that help everyone all of the time. And what we do, usually unconsciously, we train people into us. So we, we get everyone used to the fact that we are going to be there helping everyone all of the time. So mm-hmm. then once we kind of land and, and pop and kind of go... Oh, mm, fuck. <laughs> I learned that. <laughs> it's actually not my real character. I'm much happier being able to ask for what I need, blah, 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 blah. Then we, we've trained people in thinking and expecting that we help everyone. So sometimes, often, there is another piece of work to do uh, with our environment of staying, basically staying with the expansion. And it is expansion contraction because, of course, we go to the people we love and they go like, oh, I thought you were going to do that for me. And you go like, oh, you're not you're going to bother me. No, I don't help you. So it's that, it's that uh, interplay and that exploration. And it's really, that's also helpful to start watching this going on in us, you know, that like, oh, I can, I will, I am. And then it's like, oh, no, they don't like it. Ooh. And it's like, okay, no, that's, that's normal. Um, what do I feel? What feels real? What feels true? Okay, how can we collaborate with that? How can we work together with that? If that's a bit uh, surprising for you, that I'm not quite the same as I was before. So there's two things I wanted to pick up on that and just dive into. Firstly, the whole feeling thing. So one element is intellectually, I've been talking to you about this stuff and also some other background reading, totally understand or totally I feel like I understand what this means. Yeah. And then there's this whole feeling aspect and this kind of bodily aspect of how we make decisions or move forward. So I'm really curious about that split or how they work together because like there's situations where I will want to choose, you know, I'll do a cost-benefit analysis, I'll do some swap thing, you know, I'll say, ah, logically, let's do that. And then there's, I assume, another situation where it's like, I don't have, I don't think, it's just, I'm going to do this. And there's something physically that tells me that this is the thing to do. And then my mind comes back in and said, but that thing, that thing, is that something that's actually I've learn because it's like a fear response about something or is it really me authentically saying this is your truth go ahead and do it i'm going to try to give you a sense clearly is a quite profound work because we will all have i like that you said the word split because really and also that's what i feel like really saying to people listening is we work we need to work with the split because we have many voices inside and one of them may be the truth and then all the others rush in and go, are you sure, you know, terrible things are going to happen or, oh, no, that's not really the truth. And that's really this, this, th- that's really the work. And we can also do it in self-observing 
of noticing when something starts emerging that feels quite exciting or interesting, and there are signs usually of something that feels a little bit more aligned, then what happens next? So there's other bits that come in. So in a way, an immediate thing I can suggest is to start to really get it that we are made of many parts. And some parts are much more fresh and true and real in the moment. And some parts are much more adaptive and self-doubting and maybe much more. And I'm not someone that thinks rational is wrong. It's just like, where is the place for it? And if it is an adaptive rational, so if it's something that just really gets controlling (laughs) or if it is just like uh, the the mental part that just needs to check things out. I'm going to show a little card that I use because there are kind of four four core parts that I use in the work. So child, adult, source and field. So these are the core, there's many elements to the work, but I want to share these because these are the core four parts that is really helpful to get a kind of relationship with. So when we're looking at something, there'll be some feelings that are really old. And that's the child part. And again, there's nothing bad about it. It's not like we need to grow up and mature, but it is helpful to recognize in this kind of inner, in, inner conversations that we have, and we all have them all the time. I have a feeling that, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't feel that. To start recognizing which feelings feels quite um, like a, it's been there for ages. And when we start recognizing a little bit, it's like we can tidy up a little bit our inner conversations. The adult, I use it, please think of as adaptive adult. So it tends to be the kind of (laughs) structured controller. This is how it should be done. This is how the adult work, work is. This is how things work in the world. So it's quite, it's a quite uh, structured. Uh, adult so we can start sometimes I just even just suggested to clients so what part do you think that is and they go oh yes there's the adaptive adult that's really trying to please everyone and so you, you know you start getting a sense of what feels more true and what feels more adapted or old and that's where I introduced the, this word source and I people can use what what feels right for them being me can be another word for source. It's like that deeper place that's uh, less structured, more fresh, tends to be a little bit more alive. And that's when you ask about the feeling, Carlos, that's uh, usually where that feeling is. So I sometimes ask people, if you go, if you let yourself drop a little bit deeper, what do you find there? And we may still find an adaptive layer, but this starts to become easier to recognize. So that's, that's why I call the source. And again, everyone can use their, uh, the words that works for them. Uh, the field is the energy field. Uh, so it's a um, sense of self and psyche and body. And for me, is I also include the work with the energy field, which is the expanded, the wider self. And when, you know, when we start looking at the parts and the different ways we cover up or not, it, it can be really part of the work to notice how this uh, wider space behaves and if it lets too much in or not. So I include and introduce the experience of the energy field and also boundaries through the energy and also how certain 
previous experience still sit in our field and we keep feeling them all the time. So I include that in my model because it really helps the work and speeds up the work. People start, rather than knowing so much in the story all the time, can start really feeling what the energy is of something and it just makes things really quite immediate. So if you, if you have a situation and I ask you what usually the energy is and you go immediately, oh, it's attack. But if we go to the story and everything, it just may take like two hours and then you get it. That's what you're actually experiencing is someone who's pulling back or is a tackle. And then we can really go for what's, uh, so it's a little bit less narrative led and it's a bit more really sensation experience led in that way. And it can bypass longer. To be honest, for a bit, I, I felt you were getting a bit woo woo. And I was going, what do you mean energy field around me? And I was trying to hold on to something. And please help me with this, because I, I'm trying to get my head around this energy field aspect. So I was thinking of music. Yes. And just having like a room full of sound and music. Yeah. And then there's like a little, uh, uh, and, a, uh, and it's, like, it's, it's just, what is it I'm hearing or sensing in that set, in that space, as opposed to, I don't know, again, I try, sometimes find it difficult to think about energy fields because I'm a physicist. Yeah. But you can use another word. I mean, you can just think of a specific interaction you have with someone. Uh, if you think, uh, also people listening, think of a maybe a, a slightly challenging interaction you had with someone uh, recently and just just for a moment notice the um, text, the, the vibe of it, what's, what's actually, what do you actually get in touch with? It's like a mm. juice of it, <laughs> not, not intellectually, maybe you that I call energy, but you can call it something else, but it's just like a, a sense from a different place. Does that make sense for you? Yeah, that helps. That helps. The word, the quality of it sprang to mind, but that's just my, the way I yeah, kind of yeah, try yeah, to grasp onto it. Yeah. yeah. I'm reading about transactional analysis. It's quite interesting. When I created these, I didn't know about transactional analysis. And after I created it, <laughs> people told me about it. I use them in slightly different ways because my adult is an adaptive adult. So I'm using uh, adaptive mechanism theory, uh, which is slightly different from transactional analysis. And then I have my other parts, the source and field, which are because the transactional analysis has got child and adult, but they're using them, the adult is used in a different way. Uh, so when you hear me say adult, think adaptive adult. So um, is an adult that's like a, a version of the child, but in an adult shape. Um, so in terms of feeling, I really invite people into feel and into discern what is um, a repetitive feeling, what they, rec what they recognize as uh, very familiar uh, and repetitive and what feels uh, fresh and a bit more surprising and a bit more in the moment. And that's usually the cue that tells you if this is source or is likely to be um, either child or adaptive adult. Uh, so default, so really something because feeling, reconnecting to feeling is really important and it's important to recognize what is default and repetitive and we know it very well. It's happened many, many times. So that tends to be a repetition or what feels ooh, a little bit fresh and in the moment and a little bit more alive and sometimes a little bit scary too. That's really helpful. Really helpful. Because I think there's something there, like you said, that thing about the repetitive, I link that to the protective thing of like, oh, 
Okay, I, I'll go there because I know if I go there, it's safe. It's the yes. kind of thing. And, yes. that's, uh, and that's helping me identify versus something like, ooh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> didn't yes. know I'd feel like this. Yes. And that's new and, like you yeah. said, fresh. Like, what, where yeah. does that come from? That's really helpful in terms of just understanding that sense or how to sense yeah. that rather than it like everything's just a feeling that's pushing me in a direction that I don't understand kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, it's um, interesting because, you know, all of those are feelings. It's not that fear is not true. It's a feeling. Hmm. It's just if it's a fear that I've been, you know, it just keeps coming around in my life, it is likely not really to be a, a reflection of what's going on. Hmm. So it's really helpful to recognize the difference between something that's a bit default and it's part of that you know, fear and that's real. Yeah, yeah, constriction. Yeah. I wanted to loop back a little bit to what Lawrence said before because I heard two different things in that question about we pop, whatever that means, we expand, we come back to our uh, familiar relationships, families, friends, with a different way of looking at the world. And then on one hand, I heard you say, Guy, this, and then that that feels like a pressure that then maybe pushes you back to where you were before because of the understanding of, but you were like that. I said, like, oh, yeah, I was like that. And so oh, I'll go back to that. And yeah. then the other aspect, which I, I was wondering was what Lawrence was talking about, of how they respond you know you're not changing now but you're now impacting on these people they either contract themselves even more or is there an invitation to expand and is there something that we can do or something that we need to be aware of because in a certain in one sense it's their responsibility to grow and expand you can't do anything about that but as well as someone who's aware that actually i'm looking at the world differently what awareness do i need with that to have when I'm relating to other people in my old way. My immediate thing was about how they respond to them, they them growing in terms of that, how that impacts on them directly. So like you said, if you said, like you said the other day, like, oh, the organizing version of me is the adaptive version of me. It's not one that I'm comfortable with. So if you said, right, I'm going to stop being that person now and stop doing any organizing with the world we do, I'd be like, oh, yep. how does that affect me now? <laughs> but also by you growing then does that inspire me or give other people permission to then grow themselves nice maybe that's it yeah really good example the, again the, the the clearest thing i i can say is that if we have an expansion and and it can have an effect i think if it's a true grounded expansion rather than a blah, it's not really real grounded in ourselves the blur usually scares others more because it's not grounded number one so generally, if when we have a true grounded expansion connected with ourselves, it is less scary for others because we're really present. And when others feel, remember, this is also about nervous system regulation. If you are with someone who's really regulated in their nervous system, it's calming for everyone, even if they're breaking some news that you may not want to hear. If you're doing it from a really present, grounded uh be a new place, it actually has an immediate uh, regulating calming effect on others as well. If, you, if your decision is coming from a dysregulated, just kind of throwing things around, it will be actually scary for others. Mm. Then the important thing, again, is 
if and when others start throwing their things around because they now feel scared that you're not who you used to be and all that. If we then come up with fears, which we will, by the way, so it, it really is that that game of back and forth. If we come out of this regulated, centred, uh, true connected place, then it's a bit more troublesome because then it's them scared and activated and you scared and activated and it's <laughs> so that's really it's really again about developing this thing of of landing in ourselves and staying there in a deep connection and it's much easier to connect to the other from that place also when they may regress or they may get worried if we then don't react by regressing, getting worried or making ourselves bigger than we are, whatever, uh, then there is one of us who's staying. And and it, it's like a reference. I, I made a little drawing. I don't have the one that I usually use, but I did it here. So there's two per- people like uh, um, the, the bigger image is present grounded and inside there is these two smaller versions. So maybe I turn up like this after having had my moment of truth and the other mm. person goes, oh, you're not going to want to do And they go here. Mm. <laughs> and if I then as a reaction go here, then it's too little lost, <laughs> panicky, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with each other. That if you stay there, eventually they come back, basically. Mm. So, yeah, that's the, that's the thing of like finding a way to keep referring to that grounded present and truthful uh, regular nervous, nervous system regulated place, which of course we need time to discover because we all have things that take us out of ourselves and we go into various adaptation lies and whatever and dysregulations. And so we slowly discover that and then it's easier to show up with that in the world. And then it has a massive effect outside too because mm. people may throw a wobble, but if we, stay that i found that really useful in even like relating it to somewhere like summer camp where it's presented as a place of play but we also have had experiences where things are uncovered and people i wouldn't say pop but start discovering things about themselves that they hadn't realized before and this and i think one of the things i was really curious about is i love that idea but how do we do that from this grounded place this kind of like where we don't go back either like ah, or we go back ah, and then everyone else around us suddenly has gone ah so it feels irresponsible in a sense to to just say oh let's just be our authentic selves and yeah fuck them it's like no <laughs> I, I, and i like that idea of how do we do this in a grounded way and it and for me it's coming across like this this is not a quick this is a journey that takes time and and effort and that's <clears throat> i'm really so your yeah. your program's three years right well, three or four years or so yeah my training so is three years yeah 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 it's both, both of what you said it's it's really you know we are a relational being our relationships are really important and so when we do land in our truth that doesn't mean for often people get really scared and they lose everything and everything goes but it's not really like that is then a process of collaboration of how my my truth can respect your truth. And so I don't override myself, you don't override yourself, but there is still a way to communicate. And that's what really interests me because no one 
is interesting. I mean, sometimes things are really wrong for us and we really need to move on. But the idea is not like, you know, <laughs> throwing everything away. Hmm. It's it's really about finding how to um, collaborate while really holding our own grounded truth in yeah. the space and seeing what effect that has. Hmm. And sometimes things don't work and they need to be let go, for sure. Yeah. That also needs to be part of the truth. And I think that's a really important aspect for me around this is like, when that decision happens, when that time comes, whether that's to quit your job, start a new business, change your life, it is coming from a very grounded place um, as opposed to running away and say, oh, I don't like this anymore. I'm going to do this. And and that, and you end up still feeling the same way you did before <laughs> because you haven't really dealt with what it is that you're trying to get away from. Yeah, absolutely. And it has to, it's very different if it comes from uh, a real connection with ourselves because mm. then we are likely to produce something that uh, comes out of that real connection so this is really the work of what's disconnective and what's connective yeah. so uh, yeah we start noticing what takes us out and what takes us in or in connection I mean can be also with others of course and from that place I find that usually people Get it right. I mean, get do end up creating something that's full, that's nurturing. That's the word I even yeah, fulfilling, but it's similar. Is is uh, is enriching for them, and therefore naturally enriching for others. Otherwise, we're somehow trying to do something for something that's not not to do with this nurturing, nat- natural. So we have a question from Awana. She's asking, does adapted adult holds the set of beliefs yes usually belief uh, so the, the 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 original feelings tend to be more in the child thought and they get repeated belief tend to be held by the adaptive adult so it's like a conclusion based on certain feelings and certain experiences so let's say i wasn't really met properly as a child i wasn't seen um and nurtured properly then the sense is like the the the, the, con- the child conclusion is there's something wrong with me. The, the the later on we may end up with a belief that I'm like unlovable. Let's say so often the adult it is based on something that the child felt and got in touch with, and usually the adult holds the belief. For so, some yeah. reason, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about a wine that has matured over years and now has a certain quality. It's like ah, okay. This is me. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's called identification. We identify with that. We actually believe that that's me. But Mm -hmm. growing sometimes to discover, actually, not. Oh, all right, yeah. We're going to get into that in a bit. Uh, Francis was asking, how do you differentiate between the source, so I think this feeling or this this message, something to listen to, uh, and the wish to escape from pain and, and looking for, I think, a hedonistic or approach or thinking, just want simply more pre- pleasure. Yeah, very good question. And again, that's really cool part of his work. For me, one great definition is that the work helps you to work out what's what. So, I mean, escaping has got a certain texture to it. So then the, the exploration, the inquiry is, are you escaping? Are you avoiding <laughs> 
keyword that I use in this work, are you avoiding something that's scary or painful or not? So yes, good question, a good question to ask ourselves. Is this an avoidance? Is this a disconnection or is it a connection? Is it, is it an avoidance? Avoidance or is it a connection? I think guts wise, we can usually tell. Clearly, sensing it's some processing, but you can even start with that question. Is this, is this a connection or is it a disconnection? Is it an avoidance or is it a connection? Just that may be very helpful. I, I just wanted to pick up on something, just from my own curiosity, because uh, you mentioned the word texture. What is the texture of something? And so when you're talking about the avoidance versus the connection, what sprang to mind was, you know, what is the texture of something? I'm just about to do something, I'm going to make a decision, or I'm going to behave in a certain way. And what is the texture of that experience? And I was thinking, one is like, oh, silky and smooth. Or the mm. other is like aluminium foil, crunchy and like, ah, ah. <laughs> it's like, ah, it's not, it doesn't feel as pleasant. That, that sounds, also sounds like you relate to that. So mm. that's, that for me is what's important. Also, working with the truth sounds like that for you, that texture is something you you immediately getting curious about it and can feel it so to you and um, maybe someone may be different but to, to you i certainly respond yeah that sounds like it's giving you a, a guidance or a an orientation now you're feeling the texture of one and the texture of the other so you could mm -hmm. go a little bit deeper into it and explore and I'll be curious because sometimes the texture can be a bit uh, spiky, but there may be something really interesting in it. <laughs> so mm. I just then invite you to go a bit deeper into the texture and see what you find. I love and it. Therapy live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to talk. I'm already very curious <laughs> about your two textures and what's in there, really. It's like, okay, it's a door now. Open. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, well, next next episode, uh, in Carlos <laughs> into Carlos's brain. Okay, uh, let's get down to well one of the things that we were going to talk about is, is identifying these layers adaptive behaviors I'll, I'll over to you guy maybe you can just yeah, explain more this aspect probably this way to call them is adaptive styles or adaptive mechanisms so basically <laughs> the, um, the theory behind the work and clearly I, I my work builds on trauma work builds on mm -hmm. adaptation work uh it just goes back to the birth of uh, psychotherapy although i I'm not a psychotherapist, I don't work with psychotherapy, but clearly has psychological elements in it. Um, and the identification, identifying the different things that happen when we grow up and how that, depending on what developmental phase was affected, affected like when we didn't get met, met, properly, met properly, then we develop a certain style of coping. And it's really interesting for people to start hearing about it because we are here, you remember I said, the work is about what's, which is which, is which, what is what, what is real, what is not. So when we start uh, realizing that a certain type of uh, style is an adaptation, then we immediately go like, ooh, actually, I recognize myself in that. And, um, ooh, I thought that was, you know, being really helpful. I thought that was really my <laughs> different expression. And now you're telling me that is a coping mechanism. So um, it, is, it can be helpful to identify, to learn, uh, and then work with and start, you know, these are the parts of the sessions as well, uh, which are the five styles, the, the five mechanisms. Clearly, these are things that can be worked with for a lot of time, but I, I'm just going to say the title. 
I so I built on a, a, a tradition of character structures and I gave them my own names. They're based really quite a bit on the behavioral aspect, so it's easier for people to recognize them. I like to make my work really accessible, although clearly it's got this profound aspect to it. So I, I give you the five and I give you in chronological order. And this is not to say, you know, you were talking about the feeling thing. What, what I want to say as I say this out is the the beauty of this is that the, this life force, this truth is within us, whatever the layers are. So it is really about starting to be share and shade. So as I tell you what will happen and that, just remember that this is about recognizing what's that and what's beneath, which is the, the being me, the, the source. So the first one I call the outsider. And even just the name, I'm speaking to you two and to the people listening, just notice what, what happens, you know, what, what, what does it bring up when I say the word the outsider? And also if you feel like he has a, re you know, you recognize it for you. And I'm really going to spend one minute on each. So the, I, I allow you to feel it first. And if you kind of go, hmm, that's, that, that's just, that's something that I could probably recognize in some things in me. And this is the uh, about stuff that happens early. It's about some needs not being met really early in life. And it's really about feeling that um, the safety that if you reach out, you will find connection. And when wasn't really there, not enough connection. So we kind of expect there not to be enough connection. So the, the behavior usually, the feeling is like I'm on the outside looking in. So everyone else belongs somewhere and I don't really do. So it's this feeling of not belonging. And the behavior tends to then be about withdrawing and not actually asking for connection. The fear is that if I ask, I won't find it. And this very much ends up being I do it on my own. It can be all these things turn into can turn into a pride based thing. So like, well, but I am really good at doing it on my own. But the reality is the deep desire and the deep fear is to actually connect. Uh, so that's the that's the outside the mechanism where we just learn to sit on the outside and making somewhere or another ourselves okay with it, but we're not. The outsider definitely resonated in terms of how i yeah at that kind of needs being met aspect but also in this this sense of looking in a lot of the time uh and and also i identified with the independent aspect of that just being really wanting to be independent and do things on my own so that was a yeah that, mm -hmm. that hit home let's move on to the next one it's quite hard to make them quick the second one is the helper just check if that word resonates with you and if you get a yes, if you're a helper. It's also interesting what jobs these different adaptive mechanisms choose. Once I made a game of people starting to guess what jobs a helper chooses or an outsider chooses. So helper is two more words about not having had enough being seen and nurtured in the way we need it. So we often feel a little bit invisible and not heard and like I don't matter enough. And the behavioral thing is to give in order to get. So we, to get the connection we give, but what we actually bypass is saying, I need. 
and it clearly doesn't, you know, what's interesting is the adaptive mechanism don't work because the helper never gets their needs met because they're always meeting mm. everyone's needs. That's how we train people into <laughs> our adaptations. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really connect with the outsider so much, but okay. definitely the helper. Yeah, uh, the next okay. one is called the super person. So able, capable, doable, on the top of things, good at sorting everything out all of the time, needing to be on the top all of the time, otherwise it's quite scary. That's a super person and it's really to deal with vulnerability. You know, someone asked the question, what if someone is avoiding? It's actually to do that. The, the adaptation goes in the opposite direction of the true need. The true need is to feel safe being vulnerable here. So the super person is really avoiding the natural healthy dependency and vulnerability. And we may have bits of, I have bits of all of these for sure. I can be. Well, that one resonates definitely for me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I move on to the next because I want to say, well, the titles, the next one, and uh, usually people go, yeah, is the people pleaser. People pleaser is all about my own way. This is so important for setting up businesses because it's like when we started developing our own personality, it was not um, supported. So we start distrusting our own way and we always lost in others' ways. So that for me is like to, about expressing ourselves. That's the one. So trusting my own way versus pleasing. And the last one is the perfectionist. And that's the last phase. And it is to do with the love sexuality. It's really, really interesting. And it's about rejection and feeling like I have to become something perfect in order to be uh, not rejected, but of course, then it's all about masks and it doesn't work. So that was a super quick, I hope, very intriguing and interesting, and also may give you something to start looking at and think about. Whew. Oh, I feel I want to do more. <laughs> Great. I'm not a big fan of models necessarily, but this is really one that's made me curious because I can relate to a lot of what you talked about. And, um, yeah, and, and I just like this idea that it's not a quick, it's not like a silver bullet fix. This is like a lifelong journey, and that's, I think, feels sustainable and, I think you said, nourishing. Well, if people want to find out more about this work and working with you, where would you like to point them? If you just Google Fat It written out, you will find myself and John, and then you'll find our site. So thefuckitlife.com. For those of you who are interested in Gaia's work, and also maybe you know John as well, uh, you just want to reacquaint yourself with their work, please check out the website. On the, um, in, in the website side at the top, it says uh, training, and this actually explains quite a lot about the work. That's the best way to hear a little bit more. Awesome. Uh, I read recently just a line that I really liked, and I am not so sure he said it in the way I feel it. It's actually a Nietzsche's line, and it's become the person that you are. And I really love it in the context of this, that you actually are. That, that's for me, when you say about the feeling, that's the feeling I love to link people with, that we are and the stuff on the top. And somehow the life journey is to actually <laughs> become what we, we are already are and is covered by adaptation and survival and all that. But I love this line because it's like it's it's there. That's that's my message. Is is there? We are it, and mm. things are on the top of it. So I, I love that line for that. I think it meant more about f- fulfilling and stuff. But for me, it's really like okay, we are, 
and then that's where we need to land in. That's really, I, I would say that's the core message of the, uh, the work I like sharing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. To hear more inspiring conversations like this, follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search for The Happy Entrepreneur. In March, we'll be launching Tribe 7 of our Vision 2020 program. If you're at a point in your career or entrepreneurial journey where you're asking yourself, what next? And you need the clarity and confidence to make some bold decisions about a new direction, then this program is for you. We'll help you define what success really means to you, understand the impact that is yours to make, make sure your mission is both energetically and financially sustainable, and also learn how to build a supportive community around yourself. We want people who are driven to do good in the world and are tired of trying to do it on their own. We'll share the key lessons we've learned while building the Happy Startup School and pivoting from the stressful peaks and troughs of agency life to a life of freedom, adventure, service and connection. We value learning, play and friendship and we'd like to help you discover the values and the work that align more to who you are. Don't struggle alone and don't get sidetracked by other people's measures of success. Discover for yourself what it means to create effortless impact. To apply for the next tribe, go to vision.happystartups.co. We look forward to hearing from you.